What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, this is a project. The reason we call it a project is because we have a mission. Our mission here is to help people understand how to be successful, okay? It doesn't matter if you're an actual entrepreneur, if you work within a company, if you uh, cut grass, if you work construction, if you own a Fortune 500 business, it doesn't matter if you're trying to get yourself in shape. We talk about a lot of different things here, all of the principles of success. Everything is practical. It's not just how to uh, manage your cash flow, which is what we talked about last week. It could be how to think a certain way or how to uh, get yourself in a certain mindset. All of these things can help you in all of these situations. And we might be uh, organized under the iTunes category of entrepreneurship or marketing or whatever the fuck they have us as now. But I'd like to tell everybody what our purpose is here. And our main purpose, guys is to try to correct the societal errors that our society has fucking made for the last 20 years with people, okay? Things like everybody's special, things like everybody wins, things like everybody gets to be successful, uh, and you don't have to fucking do anything for it. You know, all the bullshit that we all get tired of hearing about. So, um, guys, is this podcast for everybody? Absolutely not. Is this podcast for people that are that are ruthless and hardcore and committed to trying to figure out how to be successful? Yes. So, guys, we don't charge anything, and I'm going to ask this up front. If you find value in what we do, if you find uh, um, you know that you learned something or you enjoyed it or you're entertained, please bring us a friend. Let us know. Um, let people know about us. Our, we, we do all organic growth. We don't advertise this. Uh, and we've been able to maintain a top 10 ranking on podcasts, which is amazing, which is you guys basically spreading the word. So uh, if you could continue to do that, if we continue to pro- provide value, um, I would really appreciate that. As always, uh, I'm here with my co-host, uh, Vaughn the Impaler, the pastor of disaster. What's up, my man? What's up is that I... Uh... I polled the audience and asked them what random questions they'd like me to ask you. Yeah? I got a couple I think you'd like to an- answer. So the first one is, what's your favorite non-full automatic rifle, striker or hammer-fired pistols? Wait, what? Uh, a, a guy's asking, what's your favorite non-full automatic rifle? Oh, um, a SCAR-17. SCAR-17? Yeah, that's what I al- always shoot. Um, it's you know I'm a believer that... You shoot what you shoot best, and I shoot that rifle really well. So uh, I always like to shoot that rifle. Nice. Um, uh, As far as pistols go, uh, the HK VP9 is by far the best pistol that I've ever shot uh, out of the box. Uh, Glock 19 is always a good go-to. But um, So how do you describe to non-firearm people why that pistol is so good? Because I can hit targets with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like right. Everybody likes to argue about what this does and how this feels and this and that. At the end of the day, the job is to put fucking uh, put bullets on a fucking target right. effectively. And that's what you do. Right. So, you know, people can argue and say, oh, the trigger feels better with this or the grip feels better with this. I shoot that gun well. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like it. Yeah. Um, one one question, and I... I'd, 
I'd be interested in knowing this. I actually a lot of people have asked me this. If you didn't live in Missouri, where would you want to live? Um or where man. would you want to travel and stay for any length of time? Man, you know what? There's a lot of places I really like. I, I really like Colorado. Like I think Colorado suits me well. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I like the Gulf Shore of Florida. Uh we spent a lot of time between Destin and Pensacola growing up. Thirty A. Huh? Thirty A. Thirty A. Yeah, it's the highway. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. The I love it down there. Like, yeah. awesome. Fort Walton the, Beach. the sand is perfect. Yeah, it's dude. white, and soft. Like, there's, it's a little touristy and all that, but you know, I like that. I like the Outer Banks, uh, yeah. which is which is in the Carolinas. Um, it's very beach townish. It's not, uh, you know, it's like you walk around your flip flops and your shorts and ride around the golf cart all day and enjoy the beach town. Right. I like all those areas. I think I would. Li- I've never been, but I think I would like like Wyoming and Montana. Um, you told Ian you you could live in Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I could live in Nashville. Smoky Mountains? Yeah, I love Nashville. Yeah. Um, Nat, we went on my bachelor party in Nashville. I love Nashville. Um, dude, and, and honestly, this is... I, I couldn't live there because of certain laws they have, like the gun laws and the taxes. Right. But I actually do, uh, after spending a significant amount of time out in California, I do like, uh, like the Hollywood Hills area of California, but I definitely don't think I could live there like all the time. Right. It'd be a cool, it's a cool place to visit for one or two weeks and then get the fuck out. Yeah. But, uh, but I, you know, I never thought I would enjoy that area, uh, of the country at all. And I really do, but I just, I wouldn't want to live there all the time. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to pick another place to live, uh, I mean, I I like living here, you know, people don't understand it, but Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think I would change my primary place of, of, you know, you have to visit here to understand why it's so nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, everybody's like, oh, Missouri, there's nothing there. No, there's a lot here. And and there's values here and there's good people here. And um, it's a lot of shit that you don't find in other places. Yeah. But I'm naturally drawn to like <clears throat> mountain type stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I like. Uh, You've been to Fort Collins? Yeah, I love Fort Collins. Yeah, I love Fort Collins. I, 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 uh, I almost went to school there, actually. Very at cool. Colorado State. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. didn't you get a uh, yeah. scholarship offer? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Man, yeah, how your football. life would have been different. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Crazy. Um, but yeah, I like all those places. Uh, you know, there's a lot of places I haven't been, um, but those are all places I've been that I like. I like visiting New York. I wouldn't want to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know. Get your grub on and get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's cool, you know. I like, you know what I like about New York, dude, is that there's always, it's, it's you can walk out any time of day or night and it feels like there's tons of energy. Yeah. I like that. There's more Italians in New York than LA, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So more of your people. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I'm definitely I think if people had to look at me, I'm more of a East Coast guy than a West yeah. Coast guy. But uh but yeah, California's cool too. It's just not it wouldn't be my primary thing. Mm-hmm. So So what are we talking about today? Today I thought we would talk about time management. Okay, uh, I got a. I spoke on Saturday at the 2017 Physique Summit, uh, which is a huge industry uh, fitness industry event uh, with some of the best uh, trainers and diet coaches that present. And they had me speak. And one of the questions I got during the day that kind of got me thinking uh, was, "How do you how do you manage your time?" And I answered it uh, in a specific way, but it got me. The point of me explaining this is that. It got me thinking about 
you know, how normal people think about time and what they think. And I think that, you know, there's so many different ways to comprehend or organize or think about how you spend your time that it almost like confuses people. And I feel like people fall into the same old, uh, you know, what their neighbors do or what their peers do or what they're told they're supposed to do when it comes to managing time. When in reality, there is a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, man, it's a huge asset to learn how to do this. You know, some people have, you know, more brains than other people. Some people have more talents than other people. Some people have more money than other people. Uh, but the one thing that we all have an equal amount of, and it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or where you came from, black, white, yellow, red, uh, if you grew up in a, in a trailer, if you grew up in fucking Buckingham Palace, it doesn't fucking matter. We all have the same amount of time. We have 60 minutes an hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, and that's what we get. And, you know, people, people come to me and they say, oh, you know, Andy, you're the CEO of, of a bunch of different companies. You host a podcast. You're developing a personal brand. You do all this speaking, blah, 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 blah. How the hell do you do all that? And, <clears throat> you know, when you have a thousand things coming at you at once, people have a hard time deciding what it is they're going to do and what the priority is. And that's what I want to talk about today is, is basically how to arrange your time in a way to where you aren't a prisoner to the time. It's where you're mastering the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've ever talked about that before. I don't think we have. Um, it's such a huge topic too, because I feel like so many people just don't have any concept of how to allow or not allow, but take control of the time that's available. You know, they get up in the morning they go to work, they come home at five o'clock, they play with their kids for a couple hours, then they lay on the couch and watch TV and then they complain about how they have no time, you know, and that's not how successful people use their time. Mm -hmm. It's just not. That's how average people use their time. And if you're using your time like an average person, you can't really expect to be anything more than an average person. You know, and if that's what you want to be, that's fine. But that's not what this podcast is about. Right. So um, I've got a number of points here, uh, six actually, that we're going to go through that are going to help people sort of comprehend and think about how they're spending their time and how to improve uh, their perspective on, on what it means to take control of your time um master your time so not just not just management but mastery yeah exactly and like that's a huge deal you know people don't i think most people feel like they're that time controls them you know what i mean that time is is the master and they're the little peasant and they're a slave to the time and and that's not how it works um successful people understand that you know we yes while we have a limited amount of time I'm going to learn and understand and and do the best I can to make that time work for me. And people find all sorts of excuses to like slide around the time mastery subject. You know, they'll find excuses like, oh, well, uh, you know, I got to have family work life balance. Well, how how do you define balance? You know, I, we've talked about this before. I don't define balance on a 24 hour scale or a, a a seven day a week scale. I define balance on a lifetime scale. And and are you taking a gamble by looking at it that way? Sure. Because you get run over by a bus tomorrow, but at the end of the day, it's working out pretty good for me. You know what I mean? I put 
12, 13 years in, and for the last three or four years, I've been able to do whatever the fuck I want and on my own schedule, and I'm and I'm in control of everything that I do. And I think that's worth the trade of, of giving up that first 10, 12 years of, of, of business. Right. Um, on that score, you've said before that you mentioned the, looking at it from a lifetime point of view— You've mentioned that there's no, there's not one size fits all. There's you have to take it to based on the phase that you're at in your life, right? Or the era that you're experiencing right. in your life, right? And and it's going to look different for everybody, right. de- Depending on the dynamics of their life, right? I think the most important thing to remember is that you have to figure out what works for you. You know, you have all these guys on the internet, especially on Instagram now, like saying, "Oh, if you're not up by four o'clock, you're a fucking loser." Motherfucker, I ain't never been up at four o'clock unless it's to go on vacation somewhere and I got to catch a plane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My entire life. I don't get up at fucking four. I get up at fucking nine, maybe 10. You know what I mean? But I'm working till, you know, later in the evening than most people even stay awake. So it's about working with like what works for you. And most people are so locked inside the box that they just can't even comprehend what that means. Right. You know, um, but let's get on with the points here and let's kind of keep this focused. Uh, the first point for time mastery principles that we're going to talk about is this. Let your obituary influence your agenda. OK, and and I don't think many people think about this, but what do you want written about you when you die? You know, what's your overall vision for your life and your long term goals? That is what you need to keep in front of your mind when you make your power list. And if you haven't listened to episode 107, go back and listen to power list episode, uh, win the day. It is, you have to think about what you want your life to look like. You know, when you're painting a picture and you're a fucking artist or when you're sculpting a, a a mastery sculpture that's going to last for hundreds or thousands of years, you don't just start chipping away the rock and see what fucking happens. You have an idea of what you want and that's what you work towards. And you know, influencing what you want your life to look like is no different. It's the same thing. You're creating a fucking picture. You're creating a piece of art. So you have to break it down to what critical tasks do you need to perform on a day-by-day-by-day basis for your life to end up looking a certain way. And I don't think people, you know, really think about it like that. I think most people think, like, on the seven-day scale where they think, like, oh, well, uh, Mondays are tough. They suck. Uh, I'm going to like, I'm hungover, so I'm not going to work that hard. Uh, Tuesday, I feel okay. So I'm working a little better Wednesday. You know, we're halfway through the week. I'll do some work today. Thursday, they start winding it down because it's ladies night, Thursday night. Everybody knows that. And then Friday I'm going out with my boys. Uh, so I'm going to do the minimum amount of work that I can and I'm going to get out Saturday. I'm hungover. So I'm going to drink a little bit to, to, you know, feel better. So I'm not as hungover Sunday. I'm still hungover. So I'm going to drink a little bit more. And then, uh, you know, they start over again. Right. And, and when you live like that, you can't expect great things to happen. You know, you've got to use your week. You've got to use your time given to you. And that includes Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't stop just because you, the society's clock stops and says, oh, here's your little breather. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, uh, one thing I, I thought of as you were talking was, the real wisdom in what you're saying is that when you when you operate each day with a long-term goal in mind, you know, the grave in mind, you're going to act every day rather than react because if you're if you're just driven by the tyranny of the immediate and the urgent and whatever happened 
is happening at that day, you're just going to be reacting to things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I you're think not going to be proactive. People, in, I mean, in don't your, you think most people that, that are in, like most people anywhere live in far more of a reactive state than they do an active state. Absolutely. Yeah. They're rea- constantly reacting because they have no plan. They have no goals. They have no power list on a day by day basis. They haven't thought about what they want their life to look like. And because of that, they're just a, a, a they're a ping pong ball. They're getting bounced around from thing to thing to thing to thing with no control of where they end up. And then they wonder why they don't end up where they want to be. It's, you know, and that's yeah. most people's lives. It's really an amazing thought that you're sharing that your big picture should really or help you organize your to-do list every day. Right. You know? But but how many people do you know sit down and say, all right, this is what, th- this is what people say. Well, it would be really nice if I, if I got to be, um, you know, a millionaire one day. And it would be really nice if I got to live in a house like that one day. And, you know, it'd be nice if I could pay for my kids college and and take our family on vacation and do these cool things that other people get to do. That'd be nice. But that's where it stops. They don't actively say, you know what, I'm going to make a fucking plan to do these things. I'm going to make a plan to live in that house. I'm going to make a plan to drive that car. I'm going to make a plan so I could pay for my kids college. I'm going to make a plan so we can go on vacations. And because they don't make a plan, it never happens. And then that's what they say. You know, they fall back on the idea of luck or, you know, uh, circumstance or happenstance or wh- whatever the fuck they tell themselves. Right. You know? Right. It dawns on me, though, that that you believe in doing this because you really do believe what you've told us before, which is that success is a, an equation. So you believe in holding out the big picture in order to organize your daily I've had too many things power in, list. I've seen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've seen Like, you too, see that connection that most people don't. Well, it's hard to see that connection when you're on the front side of the mountain. You mm. know what I'm saying? When you've climbed your first couple little mountains and you've seen how it works... Then it's easy to figure out that, you know, the way you get up the mountain is by putting one fucking foot in front of the other. There's no teleporter that throws you up to the top of the mountain. Right. You know what I mean? You weren't right. fucking born there. You didn't right. pop out the vagina on the top of the mountain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you right. fucking have to work. And, dude, it's funny because I uh, had a question on Instagram yesterday. Do you ever get tired of telling people to do the fucking work? <laughs> You sound like you're always repeating yourself. You know what, motherfucker? I am always repeating myself. You know why? Because there isn't anything to it besides that. Nothing. Mm -hmm. The only thing there is is the fucking work. Do you have to think? Do you have to have a plan? Sure. But at the end of the day, if you don't fucking understand that it's one foot in front of the other, it's, it's A plus B equals C, and if you don't execute like that on a regular basis, you're not gonna get anywhere. And that's it. So why the fuck do I have to make it sound like it's all complicated? Because it's not complicated. My job is to make it relatable and make it understandable. And, and if that means telling people the same thing 40,000 fucking times, and that's what I'm going to do. Because otherwise it's not true. You know? I don't think people understand how tempting it is for a person like you, uh, not, not, not a person like you in the sense of your personality, but a person like you in the sense of your position, to tell people, well, it's not really simple. And... There's a really complicated process, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sell you that process. Right, you know, exactly. I mean that's that's tempting because so many people do it. They think, oh, you know what? I think people think that this is complicated, so I'm gonna take advantage of their wrong thinking and just tell them, you're right, it is complicated. I have this 62 step plan on how to <laughs> how to do an amazing you know have yeah, an amazing right. life. You right. know, yeah. Well, hey, look, man. Um, people are always gonna be looking for the shortcut. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could go look for the shortcut or you can accept the truth for what it is and do the fucking work. And I'm going to bet you 99.99% of the people that choose to do the work are going to be far, 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 
further in life than the people who are always looking for the shortcut. Right. It's just the way it is. Ironically, I think just doing the work is the shortcut. It is a shortcut. Yeah. All the time you waste looking for the shortcut, and if you're doing the work, think about where the fuck you'd be. Right. You know? Right. So anyway, moving on. Point number two. Uh, Do one thing without thinking about the next thing. And what I mean by that is, you know, I've talked about the power list, and one common abuse of the power list is trying to do several things at once. You can't do that, okay? Trying to do too much means that you you are not going to get anything done effectively, all right? You're going to get a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, but you're not going to finish the fucking job. And finishing the job is what fucking matters. That's why, like I say in the Powerless episode, only five critical tasks per day. After you get your five critical tasks per day, you fuck, your day is over. You win the day, okay? Because five is enough when you add up 365 days in a year. You have no idea the amount of progress you can make in that amount of time. So understanding that doing five things a day is a, is a huge victory because if you try to do 20, you'll actually do zero things a day is a big part of the process. You know, um, you can't, you, we only have so much attention to do things effectively. So when you try to divide that attention or that energy up into 20 things versus focusing on five, you're just not going to get them done. And this is a big thing people have because in the beginning of a process, they, they think, oh man, you know what? Instead of just doing five, I'm going to do 50. And if I do 50, I'll be that much further ahead and blah, blah, blah. You can't do fucking 50. It's the same, it's the same thing people think about working out. You know, instead of going in and working out for 45 minutes a day, I'm going to go in and work out for three hours. And they go do that for three days in a row, and they're so fucking tired and beat and worn out that they can't even go back to the gym. It's counterproductive. So you have to do what's in front of your face. You've got to stick to the five critical tasks. You've got to focus on finishing those tasks, and you can't worry about what's coming up next. Worry about today. Worry about winning today. Worry about getting the shit done today. And when your shit done today and it says, I won the fucking day, on your power list, feel good about today. Worry about tomorrow when you fucking wake up tomorrow. And that's how things happen. It's a cumulative effort. Okay? That makes sense. Do a little at a time with a whole lot of effort rather than a lot of things with a little bit of effort. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a half-ass way of getting shit done. Right. You know, and people think, you know, what usually happens is, is people will get, they will get more shit done the first two or three days. And they'll be like, oh, this is great. But then the third, fourth, fifth day, they're like getting burnt out already because mm-hmm. they're not able to get it done. And then, see, one thing about the power list that people don't understand is it's designed to build your confidence and being effective. Mm-hmm. So by winning the day every single day and you get your five critical tasks done, you get to see, okay, um, I'm winning my day 70 or 87% of the time. Well, if you don't get your 20 things done every day and you look back over the month and you only got four days out of the month, you're not going to feel good. You're not going to feel like you accomplished anything. And that's a big part of what the powerless is designed to do is to help you feel confident in your ability to be effective. That makes a lot of sense. It, it never really occurred to me before, but you've really baked into the powerless this concept of adherence. Right. You know, right. Uh, for people who don't know what that means, right. you might want to explain what adherence means. Well, in the physical fitness world, you know, doing, doing that, which you're going to be able to sustain for the longest period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Doing, doing something that you'll do is more effective than trying to do something that you won't do. Right. It just always is. Right. Um, so third point, 
be ruthless in working to minimize your transition times. And this is what I mean by that. When you move from one task to the next, there's going to be some transition time. It's just the way things are. You need to do whatever you can to minimize that transition. So for instance, if you have a sales call across town, you, you better understand uh, that the most direct way to get there is going to be the fastest way to get there. Or if you have flexibility in your calls throughout the week, you need to organize them in a way that minimizes your wasted drive time. So like, dude, if you have a fucking, you know, 20 minute drive, you get on the fucking phone and make your fucking calls in between. Okay. You don't just waste the time singing to fucking, uh, Migos in the fucking car. Cause you know, you think you're some sort of rapper like me. You know, you you fucking use your time effectively. Uh, When you have meetings scheduled with your staff, you need to set the expectations up front of when you need to be done and the points that need to be covered. And when that time comes, you need to be fucking done. Don't let shit drag on that should take an hour for three hours. That's how you get off track. Um, You know, I'm not telling I'm not telling you guys to be like a jerk to your people, but setting realistic guidelines and standards uh, of what needs to happen, when it needs to happen, in the amount of, in the correct amount of time that it needs to happen, is just an effective way to do business. It's not an emotional thing. It's just a way to stay organized, a way to stay on track, a way to keep people on track, and a way for them, for you to teach your staff to start respecting time as you should be respecting time. Okay? Are there times that you don't have to be a, as time conscious? Sure, but. All successful people pay attention to these details, so you have to be cognizant of of where your wasted time is and when you can allow for these extra minutes to sort of drag on. You know, so many people, I mean, dude, look at the time that you spend on Instagram a day, on Facebook a day, on fucking Netflix, on the computer, on Amazon, on eBay, on fucking Google, on YouTube. I mean, dude, if you had all that shit up, dude, you've probably got fucking three or four hours a day, you know? What, what could you have done with that? What could you have created with that? What, could, what product could you have created? How many could you have shipped? How many people could you have called? How many people could you have emailed? How many people could you have met with? You know, we are not becoming masters of time. We're becoming slaves to time and technology because it, it takes all of our attention away from the things that we need to do to be successful. And that's a bad thing, guys. So you have to understand that, you know, these little tools that we have and distractions and all the shit, you've got to learn how to regulate it, you know, from top to bottom on a daily basis and be cognizant of what you're doing. I like what you said about setting the expectations for your staff. I mean, I can't, I, I mean, several times over the last couple of years, I know that you've shown up and you've said, okay, guys, we need to do this in 45 minutes. You, know, But what I think is so helpful about that is that you didn't tell me after the 45 minutes were up, you didn't say, Hey, hey, I got to go. You you set the expectation. You, I knew exactly how much time we needed to do things in, and then we were able to. Just, you were able to just transition to the next thing. Right. And I think a lot of leaders probably don't do that. They sit down the meeting. The meeting goes forty five minutes, and and then because they didn't give their their staff a heads up, all of a sudden they're like, "Hey guys, I got to go." You know, and so things things happen abruptly, and it ends up being a bad situation. Well, you know? I think a lot of people meet for the sake of meeting. On top of that, they don't well, even have true. a real agenda or something to accomplish. They th- they meet because it's a it's a practice of business. You know, oh, let's have a quote unquote meeting, and let's get the fucking bagels and the Starbucks, and let's talk. Let's sit around and fucking small talk, dude. That shit is a waste of time. It's playing mm-hmm. business. And there's nothing, dude. I got people that call here all the time. They want to have a meeting and this and that when, dude, it could be a text or it could be a fucking email or it could be something that, that 
you know, could be organized and solved without actually fucking meeting. And then you say, hey, why do we actually have to have a meeting? Well, you know, I just, I think it'd be good if we actually met in person. Well, not for me, it isn't. Right. For you, it might be. But I would just like to know the fucking point and get to it right now. You know, and, and you know, if you're, if you're trying to master your time so that you can be most effective, I would minimize the time you're meeting with people and, and maximize how effective the messages are. And that can be through an email, a phone call, a text, real easy. Right. It seems really OCD to make sure that your G, GPS is giving you the exact, direct, most efficient route from one place to the next. But you've said all the time that successful people, are they pay attention to the details. And I think we, we very often assume that our GPS is going to always give us the direct route. I, I know mine doesn't. Um, I sometimes don't even trust my GPS. But I think the fact that you, you know, you're saying, you know, if you can shave off five, 10 minutes, if you can find a better way to get from point A to point B, you got to do it. And, and if you're not mindful of those things, they add up. Dude, it's days out of your year. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Days. Um, point number four, this is a huge point. Okay. Make sure that you and the people around you understand the accurate and correct meaning of the word urgent. Okay, here's the reality. Very, 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 very few things that happen on a daily basis are urgent. Okay, a lot of the fires that you'll be asked to put out really aren't fires. They're just little bitty issues that need to be solved throughout the day. They're clutter. It's, it's bullshit. It's a, it's a yes or no answer. And so many people in business try to make everything urgent that nothing is urgent. It's like the boy that cried wolf. Okay, if you cry and cry and cry and cry about how important something is, especially if you're the fucking CEO of a company, no one's going to fucking listen to you. You've got to know when shit is really urgent and you've got to act with urgency on actual urgent shit. All right. I know a lot of guys who run companies that get all bent out of shape and get angry. And I used to struggle with this, too, about everything being urgent. But if you act that way, your staff will become unresponsive. They won't respect you when you come to them with something that's actually urgent. They won't act in an urgent manner ever. They lose their sense of urgency. And now you have a situation where you've got to make major cultural changes to fix it. Okay? That goes for you. It goes for your staff. It goes for everybody that is around you. You have to understand that urgency is so rare that you need to stop acting as if all these little fucking fires that, that happen, quote unquote fires, that aren't really fires, decisions that need to be made throughout the day are urgent. They're not. They're not fucking urgent. You need the sense of urgency to fall down through your employees so that when something actually urgent happens, they react in an urgent manner. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And they don't bother you with things that... Yes. Clearly not. Yeah. And this comes down to a lot of different ways, you know, a lot of different things, you know, delegating to shit cor people correctly. You know, a lot of guys won't delegate to uh, to their people because they're afraid they're going to fuck up. Well, if you don't allow your people to fuck up, how are they ever going to learn? And if they never learn, how are they going to get better? And if they never get better, how are you ever going to trust them to fucking do anything? You know what I mean? Good question. You've got to look at like their little fuck ups as a as a valuable lesson and investment in their education as an employee. You know, you can't just let people expect people to be perfect and be on their ass all the time. And then when they make a mistake, you jump down their throat and fire them because the next guy you bring in is going to make the same mistake. 
and then you're going to fire him. And the next guy's going to come in, he's going to make the same mistake. You're going to fire him. Well, at what point are you going to realize that these people make that mistake and you either try to proactively fix it or let them make the mistake and learn from it so they don't fucking do it again so that you don't have to keep fucking refilling that role? Yeah. You well, know? so, I mean, I, it goes without saying then that staff development, leadership development is a huge way to <laughs> save yourself some time. Yeah. So if you invest the time in your people in the long term, you're going to end up saving yourself time. Yeah, but time. you have to realize that making mistakes isn't part of that investment. You know what I mean? Like you have to allow people to make mistakes and these same guys, the reason this falls into this point, the same guys who fucking bitch about everything being fucking top priority and urgent all the time are the same guys who don't understand that people are going to make mistakes. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, why don't you recap the points real quick and then we'll move on to five and six. Yeah. Let's see. I jot them down. Okay. So, Point number one, let your obituary influence your agenda. What's your overall vision for life and your long-term goals? That should help you order your power list. Number two, do one thing without thinking about the next thing. Don't try to do everything at once. Do one thing and do it well. Number three, be ruthless in working to minimize your transition times. Clearly communicate time expectations to your staff uh, and do everything you can to to. Basically, provide real structure. Yeah, provide real structure and uh, don't don't waste time that you don't need to waste. Number four, make sure you and your people understand the correct meaning of the word urgent. That way you aren't constantly having people come to you uh, and interrupting your personal workflow. And point number five, understand and remember that establishing a routine helps you avoid random distractions. Okay, random distractions are the fucking devil. All right. Facebook, Instagram, fucking YouTube, Google, eBay, all the shit that we find to get our attention away from what we're doing and take our focus. We all do this shit, me included, and we have to be fucking aware of it. You know, people want exciting lives with lots of daily variety, and that's all of our need. We want to see this. We want to see that. And our attention is only becoming less and less focused and more and more broad as technology starts to take over. But at the end of the day, guys, lives with lots of daily variety aren't productive. It's the lives with focus that are productive. It's the, it's the people who understand that these random distractions have to be cut out for them to get things done, to be effective, all right? We have so many so many things could be classified as urgent or uh, you know come to us as fires or uh, you get a text and it ta- you know from some friend and you spend an hour texting back and forth we have dude we have so many distractions in our lives guys that it's becoming harder and harder and harder to stay focused so you have to figure out a routine and maybe that routine is from you know x time to x time i'm turning my phone completely off and i'm going to focus on getting my five tasks done or maybe it's my five critical tasks need to be done before I turn my fucking phone on for the day. You know, however it is that you need to figure out how to stay focused, you've got to figure that out. You know, for me, I turn my fucking phone off or I put it in another room. One of those two things. And that allows me to get what I need to get done. Uh, I'm so disciplined on getting my, my power list done that I literally won't even start interacting with people until it's done for the day. Like that's, that's why I don't show up here until, you know, noon or one o'clock because my routine, my five points are done before I even show up here. Cause I knew when I come here, I'm going to get bombarded with fires, 
you know, quote unquote fires, decisions to be made, conversations, and it's going to distract me from doing what I need to do. Um, establishing that routine, which is going to be different for everybody, is extremely, extremely important to being effective and getting shit done. Because if you can't figure out how to be effective and you can't figure out how to get shit done and you let technology and the distractions and the entertainment that we all have in our lives, you know, occupy our eyeballs and our thoughts and our brains, guys, you're going to have a really fucking hard time accomplishing anything. You know, 20, 30 years ago, our parents didn't have this shit. They just, they were able to be a lot more effective because they didn't have the distractions. They didn't have fucking a whole entire internet in the palm of their hand 24 hours a day. You know, they didn't have connections to every single person they ever met instantly at the palm of their hand every single day. They didn't, I mean, it's, it's incredible what we have, but it's also uh, an incredibly uh, frustrating nuisance when you can't break away from it to be effective. And it's a huge hindrance. I remember years ago, it was kind of in vogue for companies to take their executives on special work retreats, you know, and then they go out in the middle of Colorado or some exotic place. And have a campfire. Right. Well, and it was supposed to be this like intensive time that was supposed to be more productive. But what they learned was the people end up being more productive in their just day to day routine. You know, if you take them out of their routine and and you throw it, you know, kind of throw them for a loop. They're not as productive. No, they're they're they're. I hate to put it this way, but when they're on the treadmill every day at work, yeah. that's when they're the most productive. Right. You know. Right. Um, I agree with that. I agree with that, man. Like, I mean, when I'm traveling, I I don't do things the same way. You know, it might be eighty mm-hmm. percent or it might be seventy percent. Um, I can think about that with my fitness, especially. It's much harder to stay on a fitness program when I'm traveling, even though I have all the tools to stay on it. It's right. just harder because it's not my routine. Right. So, how do you? Have you learned a way to like, you know, look at your whole week and and sort of group together the things that you need to do that maybe maybe have a common location? You know what I'm saying? Like I some people have jobs where they they're driving all over the place, but I would think that if people really thought about it a lot, they could structure their day to where they're they really are minimizing drive time. They're doing all the things they need to do in South County in the you know in the afternoon, and they're doing yeah, everything. I think that, most people, you know, I think and most so, people do that. But how many people think about that? Like even give or, or do they they're just re- react? Like, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, don't know, man. Like I, my my world consists of driving from my house to here and back <laughs> because I do everything helpful. between those two things and the right? gym, right? Yeah, in yeah. the gym. But that's on the way. It's in between. So uh, I don't know how people think about those kind of things. You know, Uh, I think that if that were me and I lived that sort of life, that's how I would do things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would group everything together and and do them in groups. But um, but then again, you know, (laughs) and this is going to sound like an ignorant thing to say, but it's the truth. It's like I look at most people and I wonder how the fuck they even got out of bed today. Like, how the fuck did you tie your shoes? You know, shit that seems like common sense to me and you is not common sense. It's just not. Right. You know, I see so many people on a daily basis that I wonder, like, how the fuck does this person operate in this world? I mean, we all feel that way. You know, like right. like you go to the grocery store and, you know, or the mall and motherfuckers walking down the wrong side of the mall. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, dude, just FYI, everybody, like when you're driving your fucking cart, it's just like a road. You, you know, right. you, if you're, you go to the right side. And the other person goes to the right side, it works. Right. You know, but there's always that one motherfucker that comes down the fucking wrong side of the cart. And then he's like, looks at you like you're out of place. It's like, bro, what the fuck you been smoking today? You right. know what I mean? Or like, you know, the people who fucking walk three wide deep down the wrong side of the mall. And they wonder why it's like causing disruption. It's like, how, 
how do you not how are you not grasping this? Right. You know, right. I mean, you get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I just don't think the average person in America that they're so they're so drunk on their social media and I don't know what they think. They're just not really thinking. That they just they're just not mindful. I don't know how else yeah, to say. Yeah, they it. lack complete self. They they, yeah. they have zero self awareness at all. Yeah. So something that popped into my head too that I know that is true with you is that like in in terms of structuring your day. I know you've said this before to me is that you should have a contingency contingency plan. So if in other words if you're if you're driving across the, you know, to some coffee shop to meet somebody and then they're 30 minutes late, you better have something that you brought to work on to be productive because if you didn't I mean it, that's common sense, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, why did you just laugh? <laughs> because I know what you were going to say. It's yeah. not, it's it's actually quite the opposite. Yeah. I mean, it's That's crazy though. No, no, people expect you No, to- I think most people would think like this. I think most people would, would in that situation, they would have 30 minutes to sit there and do nothing. They would play on their phone and and they wouldn't even think about the time they just lost. Or they would think fuck that guy for being 30 minutes late. I just wasted 30 minutes of my time, but they didn't do th- they they could have done so many things that to not make it a waste. So they, right. they just used the blame on somebody else. So I don't really know what people think, man. I just know that I just know that most people don't think like me because I, mean, I fucking see it every day. That's two and a half hours a week. If you, if you go on Monday through Friday on the work week, that's two and a half hours a week. You multiply that by 52. I'm bad at math, but that's over a hundred hours uh, for the year, which is like almost an entire work week that you've literally spent just frittering away. Dude, I, look, man, I get it. Like, <laughs> Like when people ask me, like, how do you spend their time? And I always ask them, well, tell me about your day. And then they tell me about their day. I, I'm i like, dude, you, you don't have nothing to do. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm not saying like I'm the busiest fucking guy on earth because I'm not. But I have become very effective at getting my shit done and and making that count. And, um, you know, and this actually leads into to, to the last point, point number six. You know, leisure time isn't a bad thing. But you have to, uh, you know, learn how to be productive in a way that that allows you to have leisure time. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, I seriously spend like 50 percent of my day fucking off. (laughs) I'm serious. So like when they ask me, like I get all my shit done and I spend the other half of my day totally fucking off. And then and then these people bitch to me about how they have like literally one one hundredth of the shit to do that I have to do. And they have no time to like for themselves. I mean, how, how is that possible? And the reason it's possible is because these people don't know how to be effective. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to get their shit done. They don't understand the cumulative effect of time over the course of months and years. Okay. And this goes back to what we were talking about a little bit ago. You don't have to accomplish 20 things a day or 40 things a day. You just got to do five things that matter a day. You've got to do five things that are going to make a difference a day. You've got to do five things that are actually going to move you forward a day. And once those five things are done, they're done. I don't worry about six, seven, eight. I use the rest of the day to do whatever the fuck I feel like doing. Right. You know? I think the reason people have a hard time understanding that goes back to what you said many, many episodes ago. I think it was in the original uh kill the day or something like that where you talked about that the whole corporate mentality is we got to put in the time we got to put in the hours and this idea that if you just put in so many hours then you're going to get the job done and you talked about the difference between quantity and quality an hour an hour of just working is not going to be as effective as an hour of working smart 
you know, and, I agree. and, and knowing how to really suck the marrow yeah. out of an hour. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing for me, like when I say fucking off, like I'm still like, I still effective when I fuck off, like, like fucking off for me is like coming to work and, and joking around with our guys and messing around. It's not like I'm out like playing golf and shit. Right. Like it's still effective work, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sitting down at my computer doing my shit is what I mean by that. Right. Um, but you know, <clears throat> people spend so much time looking for the excuse of I have no time when they're not even really that busy. They're just not. You know, like you don't have that much shit to do. Right. You just don't. Like, and I understand if you have kid, like you have kids and you want to spend time with them at night, that's fine. You should have no problem doing that, especially if you have a regular job. You know what I mean? Right. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. But people make it such a big deal. But you know, I mean, even that. It's because they're not learning how to be effective, dude. I'm, I have two kids under the age of three. Yeah. But it's like you said. With dude, the, look, man, people look for excuse and everything. Right. But what my, my answer to that is that you said it, it just differs in your in your life situations. You said you never get up at 4.30. I have to. And so, and, and but that's okay. It works for me. Yeah. If I'm going to get anything done, if I'm going to be by myself and. Yeah, bro. You like know, when you text me in the morning, that's usually how I wake up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which I'm fine. Well, I've learned not to text you before. A no, I got time, my fucking, yeah. I got my phone on silent. But yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I make up my own fucking system. Right. And, you know? and to your point at the beginning, you've got to find what works to you, for you. But you have, you also have to be willing to find what works for you. Like, I, I, I had to basically come to a point where I realized, all right, if I don't get up at 4.30 in the morning. I'm, I'm not going to have the time. I'm not, I'm not going to be as productive as I right. want to be. So no, and like, dude, I'm not knocking people that get up that early because it is different. But you got to remember, I've designed my life a certain way for 20 sure, years. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Like, uh, it's just I'm not knocking that. No, like, I know you're not. I, I, I never thought that. Yeah. I, I just was re reemphasizing. I, your I point. was just making a jab at like the, the fucking internet guys who post, say you have to do it. Like oh, that. oh, if you don't get up at four thirty, you're not effective. Well, right. motherfucker, my fucking uh, <laughs> my bottom line says differently. Right. You know exactly. Uh, the, and you've said this before, but some people just literally have different temperaments. They're just night owls. Yeah. Some people are morning. You know, there are yeah. people who like to get up in the morning. So I'm not a night owl, but I'm not an early guy either. Like, yeah. I don't go to bed at fucking eight, but I, I go to bed at like you know midnight. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. But like, you know, the thing about the internet and like this is a little bit off subject, but not, but, but, but not totally because I'm going to make a point with it. But, and I said this before, but like there's so many people on the fucking internet that are selling the idea of something that they've never, ever even accomplished themselves. You know, they're talking, they're writing all this shit about success and these long captions and all this shit. But what have they built? You've built an Instagram page. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're you're taking pictures of fucking cars and shit that aren't even yours. You're writing books about how to become a fucking millionaire when you're not a fucking millionaire. You know what I mean? Dude, people need to do their fucking homework, dude. Yeah. You know, re- take into consideration that it's not every that not everything that you see online is the truth. There are people out there that are lying straight up. There are people out there that will take your money and have no problem taking it straight up, mm-hmm. selling you bullshit. You know, there's books going around on the internet that are written by fucking 20 year old kids or 25 year old kids that haven't even become a millionaire yet. 
about how to be a millionaire. Explain that. I, I can't. I think one of the biggest mysteries to me in our modern culture is that there are people who wouldn't think twice. I mean, they, they wouldn't even give any thought to reading, like, for instance, a guy that you really respect, Vince uh, Lombardi, or John Wooden. And no, but guy, they'll read this no-name 25-year-old right. shit on the internet right. who, who ain't ever built something. <laughs> He's never done anything. Those guys have proven the test of time. Or even somebody alive, like a, like a Warren Buffett or a Tony Robbins or somebody. Or fucking Phil Knight and or they, any of these right. real dudes. They won't, they won't research those guys' lives. They won't read their books. But because, they'll read this internet guru right. shit because he takes a, a photo in front of a Lamborghini. I don't get it. Like, dude, that ain't even his fucking car. That ain't even his plane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, at least the shit I post on my shit is my shit. Right. You know? I mean, fuck, dude. I I just don't understand it. Like, we, we're living in the age of fraudulent mentors. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are, dude. Fifteen years ago, there was dudes who were like infomercial guys like that. Yeah. But those guys still had to have the money and they had to have experience to to be able to fund those things. Now you don't even have to have that. Right. You just got to have somebody or some connection to some fucking flashy shit and post it, and then. You could you get to be some kind of expert, right? That is the downside of the social media. the The point of entry sad, is so dude. low. It's sad. Yeah, that every, the, the bar is very it's, low, dude. Yeah. It's sad. Like it's sad that people are that fucking dumb to buy into that shit, right? Like it's sad, you know. And it's sad that there's people who will pay a thousand dollars for a fucking program from someone who's never built a real business. Mm-hmm. They've regurgitated a bunch of shit from other people who have actually done i mean dude people who have actually built real businesses like i can name them i think on one hand that i know on the internet like gary Mm -hmm. grant cardone gerard Mm -hmm. dan fleischman Mm -hmm. myself asian steven steve mayor real entrepreneur he doesn't he's he's not really on social anymore but bradley I think the relevance to time management. But I mean, managed- dude, but, but that's it? Yeah. That's it? No, yeah. Like, the rest of these dudes ain't real millionaires. They're fucking fakers. You know, and I guess what I'm saying is, like, don't support their shit. Support, at least if you're going to buy somebody's shit, buy shit from someone who's actually built something. I'm not even selling anything. I'm just saying, like, I get tired of seeing people buy shit. Mm-hmm. That that you know a thousand dollar program or five thousand dollar program and they go out and put it on a credit card and it's for if you're going to spend that money spend it with someone who's done something you know Gary's Gary's done well Grant's done well you know Grant Grant has a fucking half a billion dollar real estate portfolio the guy knows what the fuck he's doing Gary runs a fucking hundred and fifty million dollar fucking agency he's he's he, Gary's like me he's built something from from literally nothing to like something you know what i mean like dude support that right actual brick and mortar stuff yeah what i was gonna say is i think the relevance to time management is that if you invest your time and energy in people who have built things who whose principles of operation have stood the test of time in the long run you're gonna save yourself a lot of time yeah rather than these fly-by-night internet you know, wonders, you're just, you're just going to waste your time. Yeah. There's a couple other dudes that we're not naming. Yeah. Uh, Fabio, uh, from fucking secret entourage, uh, PJ from secret entourage. Those mm-hmm. guys have built real, real companies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, outside that, fuck it, everybody else is full of shit. It's all theory. It's regurgitated bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
And the way they're making their money is by selling you fucking air, which is a program, which right. I'm not against if they're actually qualified. Right. I don't know, man. It just gets on the nerves. Guys, if you haven't connected with Andy yet on social media, he is Andy Frisella. Big surprise. On Instagram, on Snapchat, he's MFCEO-1. And uh, the Facebook is uh, facebook.com forward slash Andy.Frisella. Or is it just Andy Frisella? There's no dot. No dot. It's Andrew Frisella. Oh, it's Andrew Frisella. So facebook.com forward slash Andrew Frisella. And I don't think a lot of people know this, but it I, I, there is a, I feel like there is a, it's definitely signature you, but there's maybe a little bit of a different flavor on Facebook than there is on Instagram. So if you're not following uh, Andy on Facebook, you should be, because it, it's just, you get a lot of different uh, yeah. dimensions of the same dude. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. You know, Facebook's a different platform. Mm-hmm. Content's different. It just is. P- I mean, we could do a whole episode on that. People who share their Instagram content to Facebook don't do very well because it's a different platform. Right. For a reason. So I It's create- also a different demographic. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is interesting because fe- you more- have a, you have a pretty wide demographic that follows you. There's more you feedback. Know? Yeah. Um, there's more conversation. Yeah. You have to you have to you have to form your content in a different way. Um it's different, like you said. Yeah. So uh, guys, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, if you found value uh, in the podcast, actually, before we get to that, why don't you recap the points real quick for yeah. everybody? Okay, so number one is um, let your obituary influence your agenda. Number two is do one thing without thinking about the next thing. Number three is be ruthless in working to minimize your transition times. Number four, make sure you and your people understand the correct meaning of the word urgent. Number five, Remember that establishing a routine helps you avoid random distractions. And then number six was that leisure time is fine, but you have to work uh, in such a way uh, the rest of the time that that it's okay. Yeah, your to, leisure time should be a reward for you right, being effective. Right. So, so um, we haven't said this for a while, but guys, we always appreciate... A uh, a review on iTunes. Yeah. So if you if you could share a review, just go over to iTunes. It's really easy. Just go to the podcast homepage on I, iTunes and just go. And I think I could be wrong. Some people have said you can't do it from your phone. So uh-huh. so it might require a little extra added effort on your part. But we re- re- would really appreciate it. Helps uh, iTunes rank us a little higher. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate it a lot. And guys, uh, if you if you find value in the in the podcast, please. Bring us one person. I'm not asking to bring everybody. I'm not asking to go fucking so far out of your way. That's inconvenient. Uh, but you know, if you're learning shit here, do us a favor, man. Give us a little. Give us a little love. Show us. Uh, show your people. Show your, your. Show your friends. Show your like-minded people that want to be successful. What this is all about. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys, and we'll see you next time.